Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And once again, I'd like to welcome you to our new series, The Kingdom of God and What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. Uh, in this series, you know, we're going to explore what happened to humanity and what God has done to set humanity right. Why are we so addicted to sin? And why are we so selfish? It's our hopes to establish in your minds and in ours what humanity's true problem is. And by doing so, come to understand that the wrong treatment, even if administered with more frequency and intensity, will still produce undesirable results. Jesus Christ, of course, is the remedy. But what does that mean? Teachers teach people what to think. Educators educate on how to think. In this series, we're not here to tell you what to think, but only to lay out evidence so that together we can all learn how to reason and think better. Susan, could you please open with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the opportunity to open your word and to see more about your character of love. We pray that you'll send your spirit to be with with us and everyone who's listening that um, you may impress our hearts and minds to learn more about you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, last time we talked about the statement, and it bears worth, uh, I want to repeat it, because it's going to kind of be the theme uh, going through this series, is the wrong treatment, even if administered with more frequency and intensity, will still produce undesirable results. And what does that mean? It means that if we treat the problem with the wrong fix, it will usually make it worse. And the more that we treat it with the wrong fix, the worse it will get. It's just the way things are. You know, what happens if you put butter on a burn? You know, they used to think that that was a good idea. But if you put butter on a burn, it'll make it worse. If you put more butter on a burn, it'll make it worse. That's the way it is. Uh, and, and I think that's what we do in addiction. Uh, let's use the metaphor maybe of a flat tire, okay? You can put air in it over and over and over. What do you still have? A flat tire. Still have a flat tire. You can air it up with more frequency and more intensity, but you still have a tire that's not dependable. It won't fix the problem. This applies to anything in life. You know, there's an old saying, you can always tell who's losing the argument. It's the guy that's talking the loudest. And if, if all you have is the volume, even an argument without the truth, you can argue and argue and argue, and you can turn the volume up and turn the volume up and turn the volume up. You will not fix the problem without the truth. That's right. And with any addiction, whether it be drugs, alcohol, gossip, gambling, it's, the behavior is really not the problem. The problem is the pain that the person is trying to take away with the addiction. 
God wants to go deep into each one of us and to fix the problems that are causing us all to self-medicate. He wants to weed our garden. He wants to make us well. He does. That's what he. That, that's what he wants to do. He wants to. He wants to make us well. I like what you said there. He wants to weed our garden because you know, the the garden gets taken over by weeds, doesn't it? It does. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to water, right? In the right. middle of summer, weeds come up. They come up. What do you? Same thing with character traits, right? You bad character traits. You bad, don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You just let yourself go. Let the garden go. You got weeds. Let the mind go. You got bad character traits. It's just the way things are. It's we go, you know we can go back to the pro, uh, program one. It's the, what's pro, what's wrong, and it's our first birth. That's our first birth. Right. We, got, we got a problem with the first birth. That's right. We're born selfish. That's right. We're born in fear, infected with fear and selfishness. That's why everybody has to be born again. It's an infection, and we're going around trying to save ourselves, trying to, to uh, deflect and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There were there were many serious addicts in the Bible. Let's look at two. Remember. Uh, one of the worst addictions that you can have is to be a cutter, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and and then, of course, uh, that was the demoniac. He was a cutter. And then the woman caught in adultery, uh, Mary, who had sexual addictions. And, and Jesus gave them both different prescriptions because they were both in different stages. And remember the demoniac? What, what did he want to do? What prescription did he want? He wanted to get on a boat with Jesus, mm-hmm. didn't he? Right. What did Jesus tell him to do? Go to Decapolis. Go to Decapolis. In other words, you're going to be closer to me if you go to those 10 cities and tell them what I've done for you. That's how you're going to draw closer to me. But what about Mary? What was her what was her prescription? She stayed close to Jesus. She was at his feet. You know, well, she, she was, was at his there. feet. She was at his feet when they wanted to stone her. Mm-hmm. She was at his feet at Simon's anointing him. She was at his feet at the cross. She was she was there, there. when he resurrected. And mm-hmm. was, she stuck to him like glue because she needed it and Jesus knew she needed it. She needed to be right there in his presence. What a what a prescription. And then she, he honored her with going to tell the rest of his disciples that he had risen again. Which is a whole nother thing. I mean, that can you imagine? And Jesus, knowing the damage that Peter had done to himself by swearing and saying that he did not know the man, he tells Mary, go tell the disciples and be sure to tell Peter. Right. Peter needed that Peter for his Peter needed brain. it. Yeah. He needed it to get well, mm-hmm. to know, and, and and Jesus knew that, you know. God cared, you know. David, he also, he had sex problems, you know. But with with Mary and with the demoniac, Jesus went real deep with them, and David with his problems, anger problems, sex pro- problems, and and all that kind of stuff. What did what did he need for God to do with him? He needed God to go deep with him, and so you find evidence of that. That David knew that because right. he said in in Psalms, "Search me, O Lord, see and if see any. if there's any wicked way in me, and create in me a clean heart, mm-hmm. and renew a right spirit in me." In other words, God, you go in and you diagnose because right now I'm running on fear and selfishness, and I've got I've got issues, and I've created a mess. I've created a monster out of myself. Search me, and find out if there's anything you know. And 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 God went deep with him. You know, it's great to claim the blood of Jesus, but what does that mean? Because we, we do that, and, and that has healing properties, but in what way? It's a metaphor. See, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no part in me. That's a metaphor for something. What do you suppose that is? Well, we find in Leviticus that the life is in the blood. So, in other words, and we talked about it last week, the circulation 
The life is in the blood, and when they slayed that little lamb, they broke the circulation, and they, they took the life. So the life is in the blood. And Jesus, by saying, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, in other words, if you assimilate my life. Who I am, my character, my ways. Make it a part of you. My thoughts. My ways. Unless you assimilate my life into yours. The, Bi the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. God wants us to, to partake of him. God is asking us to let him go deep. Let him get to the root of our problems. Let him take those, those insecurities and those fears away so that we don't need to self-medicate. You know, we're, we're talking now because we had the bad birth. We had the birth where we're born infected. We have this infection to try to protect self. And what did we, what did we discuss last week? That's kind of what we discussed last week was, was that infection. Um, but we started looking at what went wrong in Eden and how Adam had broken trust with God and the damage that that created in the human brain and that all the descendants from, from Adam have been born with that same uh, damaged brain. It's, it's like you said before, it's an infection. It's an infection of fear, selfishness, and distrust. And it's all resulting from believing lies about God. And we're all infected with this. Um, yeah, so, you know, sometimes Susan and I will drive over to Bodega Bay uh, just to spend a weekend of uh, walking. You know, there's asphalt to walk on. There's soft sand. There's hard sand. There's rocks on the jetty. You can get real tired and really wore out. There's one There's one uh, hill we climb in the Armstrong Redwoods, and by the time we both get to the top of it, we're we're toast. But it's but you know what it feels good to to exercise. But the the reason why we like to go over there is because there's so many different walks. So you know it's different to walk on the beach. It's different to walk in the redwoods. It's different to walk on the floor of the redwoods. There's many different walks. And in a spiritual sense, if you go to the book of John, John, you'll find um, two different walks of life, kind of like bookends. And and this is. This is the all-encompassing um, thing that Jesus wants to do. In other words, if you think by any stretch of your imagination that you're not included or that you've done things that are too wrong or too bad, uh, I think if you read John chapter 3 and John chapter 4, it'll become abundantly clear to you uh, that you're in the mix. Whether you like it or not, God has included you. If you go back, you'll, you'll find that Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and you'll find the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. This is a representation that Jesus will walk with anyone in all walks of life. Nicodemus was rich. That woman was poor. Nicodemus was famous. The woman had no name. Nicodemus was well-educated. The woman didn't have an education. You couldn't get an education in those days if you were a woman. Nicodemus was well-liked. The woman was shamed. She was an outcast. How do we know that? Because she's getting her water at noon. When all the women used to go get her water, their water, they would get it in the morning when it was cool. Now, Nicodemus was well-liked. The woman was shamed. She was a social outcast. Nicodemus was slow to learn. The woman was fast to learn. Nicodemus was afraid to evangelize. Remember, he wanted to meet, meet Jesus at night. The woman evangelized immediately. Yes, yeah, she went back and won her whole town over. Yeah, she won the whole town over. And, and so this covers the broad spectrum of humanity, rich versus poor, like versus unlike, popular versus unpopular, man versus woman, Jew versus Gentile. It's all there. 
everybody, all-inclusive, and right smack dab in the middle of these two stories is John 3.16, and right smack dab in the middle of that text is the word whosoever. Right, and in order for us to walk with God, we need to know who he is. Hopefully this this series, we're all going to come up with, uh, clear up some of those misconceptions about God. Lies have been circulated about our God, mainly from the pulpit, and they have turned God into an angry, vengeful, sometimes we call it justice, tyrant with a hair trigger when it comes to administering that just punishment to his erring children. That's not what God is like. How did Jesus straighten Nicodemus out on this issue of wrong concept of God? Nicodemus had spent his entire life administering the wrong treatment for his condition. He called this treatment God, he worshipped him, and he did everything he thought he was supposed to do to avoid punishment. Folks, that's not love. That's coercion. Have you ever been there? Maybe like Paul. What changed about Paul? You mean to tell me Paul worshipped God his whole life and then got converted on the road to Damascus after a whole life of religion? Could that be possible even for us? No way, right? We've got Jesus, right? Well, what if we've got the wrong picture of Jesus, just like Paul had the wrong picture of God? Is the new birth a part of that? Is the new birth a one-time event, or is it a process? Well, what did Paul say? I die daily. I die daily. You know, when Jesus speaks to the new heart, he means the mind, the life, the whole being. To have a change of heart is to withdraw the affections from the world and fasten them upon Christ. To have a new heart is to have a new mind, new purposes, new motives. What's the sign of a new heart? A changed life. There's a daily, hourly, just like Paul said, dying to selfishness and pride. According to the Bible, where did Paul's rebirth begin? Do you remember Stephen's last sermon? I mean, this is the biblical record. We don't know what went on with Paul other than this is the first time that he uh, shows up or turns up in the in the Bible. In Acts 7.51, the Bible says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which, slew, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it? When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, and they stoned Stephen, he calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And with and when he had said this, he had fell asleep. Wow. I wonder how that rang in Paul's ears. By the way, do you hear any vengeance in Stephen's voice? What about Christ when he was tortured and killed? 
Do you think Paul might have heard the stories about what Jesus said when he was on the cross, hanging there, and people spitting on him, telling him to come down off the cross? You see, this is the way that this is the way that 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 we kind of think that that God um, is like a doctor. He's the great physician. He wants to make us well. What do doctors do? They do they take vengeance out on patients, or do they take the vengeance out on the disease? You see, I, I remember having uh, bronchitis real bad once, and the doctor gave me a Z pack, and he took the vengeance out on the disease because he cared about me. And that's what doctors are interested in. They hate the disease. They hate it when a patient goes downhill. They hate to lose patients. They hate that disease. And that's and that's that's where we're at with sin. God looks at us and He sees how sin has corrupted our minds and our hearts and infected um, the way that we treat e- each other. And He wants to heal us from that sin, from that disease of sin. It appears that from from that point of Stephen stoning, God began the process of untangling the distortions that Paul had in his mind about God. God began to take vengeance on Paul's disease of fear and selfishness. You see, Paul's God was an angry, punishing God. Therefore, it was perfectly okay for him to go ahead and punish those who didn't believe like he did. God straightened him out with a new picture of himself, beginning with Stephen. Now, last time, we looked at the laws of reality, and let's review just a, a little bit, uh, like the, the, the way the master builder put the planet together. Uh, and everything gives, everything shares, everything. It's just basically the law of love, the law of life. Jesus says, if you give, you will receive. And you know how the oceans, they give their, the oceans give the water to the clouds, the clouds give the water to the mountains, and the mountains give the water to the lake. I'm sorry, the, the clouds give the water to the lakes, and the lakes give the water to the streams, and the streams give the water to the ocean. It's a cycle. And you have the law of life, which is a circulatory system. That's the cycle. You break that circulatory system, you die. If you, uh, and, and, and this, so this time, uh, let's look at the law of worship. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is, uh, who is the Spirit. Don't we say, like father, like son? It's just the way things are. We become like what we worship and admire. It's, it's how life is designed to operate. You choose, you want to become. You want to become a gossip? Who are you going to hang around by choice? And this, it's a simple explanation when, you, when kids go into a kung fu movie. What happens when they're coming out of the... They're doing kung fu. That's it. They, they are watching and, and they, they like to imitate and so it's the law of imitation, a law of becoming what you behold. Yeah, and, and you, you know, uh, I know that when you, uh, when you went over to Hawaii, when you were, uh, you know, in, during your drug addiction, you went over to Hawaii, uh, you were still addicted to drug, and you thought that a geographical was going to do it for you, but what's the first person you ran into? Was a drug addict. Why? Because that's who I was. You found who you were looking exactly. for, and you're going to hang around. It's so important in addiction recovery. Who are you beholding? Are you beholding healthy people? Are their concepts of God healthy? Was Paul hanging around people with a healthy concept of God? No, it was perfectly okay for them to stone someone for not believing what they did. In That's... Acts chapter 9 and verse 1, 
What, read that for us, please, Susan. In the meantime, Paul kept up his violent threats of murder against the followers of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked for letters of introductions to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he should find any find there any followers of the way of the Lord, he would be able to arrest them, both men and women, and bring them back to Jerusalem. Now remember, Stephen's been stoned, and now Paul is going to get marching orders from his friends. What stage of conversion is Paul in right here? It's in denial. The truth will set you free, but it'll make you miserable first. And Paul was pushing back. And remember now, in Acts chapter 9, verse 5, when he gets knocked off his horse, he says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm he who you persecute. Yeah, Paul Paul was uh, coming face-to-face with his own conscience at that time. At that time, Paul's conscience was getting to him, and God knew it. It was time for God to get rid of some distortions in Paul's mind. Question. Are you a child of God infected with fear and selfishness, or are you a child of wrath that needs to be punished? When does a doctor inflict pain? We know that this happened throughout the Bible, but when does he inflict pain? A doctor only inflicts pain for therapeutic reasons. You know, I when I was a kid, I had I got uh, I I got the staph infection on the bottom of my feet, and they would scrape those scabs off and put that iodine on there, and it, it was painful, and I would scream. But I am so glad that the doctor did that. It, it, that's that that treatment kept you uh, healthy. Yeah, as painful as it was, yeah. it kept you healthy. And remember when you broke your wrist? I do. Was the treatment more painful than breaking your wrist? Yes, as I was was. going through the treatment, it was. Because once things are broken, there are no pain-free options. Susan had to go in. She had to get her wrist set. She had to get uh, go in and go to therapy, get a plate put in, all this stuff. It was all painful. It was all super painful. But if she chooses not to do that, she loses the use of her wrist. So right now, we have a new saying around the house, and that is lean into the pain. Because we need to lean into the pain to get well. It's the only way we can get well. So um, was God angry or heartbroken when Adam partook of the fruit? It depends all upon your concept of God. Some say that they broke a rule and needed to be punished. Did they just break a rule or did they become damaged? Would you be upset at your child because they used IV heroin because they broke a law? Or would you be heartbroken because they're damaging themselves? And that's what we do, folks. We damage ourselves. We go around um, damaging ourselves, and we damage other. And it doesn't. And, it doesn't have to be from from ivy heroin either. No, it, it, and that's why we need to be born again. What's the only way a person be, can be born again? Well, death to the old man, resurrection or rebirth, rebirth to the new. Now I'm going to throw you a curve. If Paul says, "I die daily," then when are we reborn? You see, the Holy Spirit sets us right, but from then on, part of the Christian walk of faith is, faith is to crucify that old nature of fear and selfishness. In this regard, we're to do those things that encourage spiritual growth. You see, the farmer plants, he plows, he, he fertilizes. cultivates, he fertilizes, and he waters. He does all the things that encourage the growth. But the growth is still a miracle. We have to understand that we as Christians are to do those things that encourage our spiritual growth. We must partake We've in it. We've got to partic- right. participate in it. But we can only participate in it with the understanding that the growth is still the miracle. 
I can't break my arm and then expect and tell the doctor I need to play tennis next Friday. It doesn't work that way. Once things are broken, there are no pain-free options, but we as Christians need to lean into that pain. Now, next time, we're going to talk about the devil and declaratives. And uh, if you need to get a hold of us, if you want to talk about things, our number is 916-645-1297, and our website is www.justasiamministries.org. We've got resources there. We've got, uh, we can talk to you uh, if you're struggling with an addiction or any issues like that. And remember, folks, there are only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.